In the wake of tragedy, a woman tries to open a private orphanage. The rise and aftermath of a publishing tycoon. A boxer is reincarnated as a millionaire. A Romanian tries to marry an unsuspecting woman for U.S. citizenship. The wealthy Hubbard family cooks up a new scheme. Sam Spade takes on a tangled case of theft and murder. A minister and his family move from parish to parish. A sure shot from the backwoods of Tennessee becomes an army sniper. A young heiress begins to suspect her husband isn't what he seems. And a family of miners in Wales face a changing world. This time on the Oscar should have gone to 1941. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... What if instead of the movies of 1941, we just did like an hour and five minute podcast about the famous Steven Spielberg bomb 1941, his wartime comedy from like the early 80s starring John Belushi? That'd be really niche of us. That'd be even more niche than us talking about the movies of 1941. Yeah. Which is another thing that nobody wants to hear. Right. And yet here we are recording yeah, it. We're doing it anyway, you know? Don't care. I, I Me getting over my norovirus. Yes. We were supposed to record bed. this a couple days ago. But you um, went on a quick cruise. Um, <laughs> no, your, your son gave you norovirus. Kids are... Bad? I don't want to say they're bad, but they do ruin everything, including your health. Most specifically, your health. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I did all my homework and everything. Yeah, but that's okay. It can't. I remembered them. I didn't lose everything in my brain over the past two days. I did lose everything in my stomach. Yeah, for sure. Right. But brain still brain is still still kicking. Um, Meg, I think this is our first uh, pod post it's our first pod post strike period right and it's uh definitely first pod since everything got ratified i think so yeah so this is like the first time in i don't know four or five podcasts that at the end of the podcast we're going to be able to talk about some films from the year yeah i was gonna say we can promote all the movies that we're in yeah finally we can talk yeah, finally, we can talk about all of our projects. It's been so long. Uh, yeah, we can talk about movies from the year, of which I've seen virtually none. Right, yeah. Yeah, you know, our, ne- our next podcast our next podcast will do will probably be like a top ten of the year, so hopefully you'll get up to ten movies by that point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 1941, mm-hmm. if, if I may, yeah. bring us back to that time. Yeah. There, there's only been talkies for like what twelve years or whatever yeah. at this point. Yeah. So I would say that this is a pretty decent crop. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, they're considering that there's only been talkies. Like, it's like funny to watch these movies and be like, oh, they figured out how to do stuff pretty quickly. Yeah, learning. Curve. I think there was really, I mean, you know, they're a varying quality, and obviously we'll we'll get to them. We will have different opinions, I'm sure. There's really only one of these that I think is almost unwatchable. Me too. Um, oh my God. Me too. There was one that I was like, I cannot. I don't know that I'm going to make it through the end of this. Yeah. Um, but I we'll find out if it's the same, same one. one. I assume so. Probably. 
I assume so because there's no way you liked this movie. Well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> it's Citizen Kane. You're talking about Citizen Kane, right? <laughs> this is unwatchable. Um, should we jump in with both feet? Yeah, let's hear it. Let's do it. All let's right, so we're going to yeah. start with a movie that this is the first. I usually try and watch the movies pretty alphabetically, and I end with the best picture. That's generally what I do <laughs> when I watch these because mm-hmm. um, that's how we talk about them. Um, but as I started watching this movie, I was like, oof. This is another one of those movies that uh, Megan's going to just want to turn off after 20 minutes because the child dies right away. But maybe, I literally just maybe wrote post all, your uh, norovirus. Child death, nope. Maybe post your norovirus, you're more accepting. <laughs> I wish I had watched it. <laughs> so I wish I had watched it after my child had made me vomit yeah. my life away yeah, so for two days. Blossoms in the no. Dust is the first Blossoms. film that we're talking about. I did. I, that was this was the second movie I watched, and I wrote "Child Death." Nope. <laughs> uh, oh my fucking god! She kills herself. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Let her rest. All of my notes on this are like, I can't do this. I can't watch this. Like it's a very, it's an upsetting movie. Although I will say, Greer Garson rules. More people should know about Greer Garson. Yeah, good I actress. feel like I did not know about Greer Garson until we started this you know period of the early 40s she's very very likable very watchable yeah she's a real star yeah um yeah this movie basically uh we open on Greer Garson she's supposed to be like 20 and I think she's like 38 um so it's not yeah and it's like her and this other <laughs> woman and they both you know just want to be engaged and Greer Garson wants to have 10 children she says which I was like all Oof. right that's that's a lot. That's too many. That's too many children. Um, but yeah, so she, her friend, basically wants to marry this man who's like a found, or she's a foundling. She okay. has no. They're sisters. The two of them are sisters, but and not they're once both adopted. Right, but they don't know that. Right, but they find out. They find out. She finds out. Oh, the because the fucking fiance's. Uh, Mother is like grandmother or something. We can't, you can't marry that person. Yeah, you can't marry her because she was adopted, basically. Which is, again, for somebody in the year 2020. But not only adopted, they have no, they don't know who her parents are at all. They don't know who her parents are. Yeah, she's, yeah, whatever. Um, Which, again, sort of is like a lot of adoptions. That's called a, okay. So uh, then she fucking goes upstairs and shoots herself in the head. Mm -hmm. Hard that cut to works. like hard cut time jump right after it happens. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is jarring. Yeah, to say the least. Then Greer Garson's married. She has a kid, little little Lord Fauntleroy. Yeah, for some reason on I I didn't fully follow this. Maybe you did. Maybe I missed something. So on Christmas, they send him off with the nanny, like in a yeah carriage. In like a carriage. Don't know where he's going. Not sure. She and her husband are gallivanting around the house. They're like, bye, see you later, Christmas morning. He only wanted to bring whatever. He could only bring one toy. Yeah. Then he comes back, toys all bloodied. Dead. Deadville. Wagon Dead accident. Child. Carriage accident. Carriage accident. And also, oh, and we should say, she can't have more kids. No. The first one almost killed her. She can't have more kids. Yeah. So basically, she starts trying to open like private orphanages everywhere, but for a variety of reasons, primarily governmental. 
they keep getting shut down and then her husband dies. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a lot of bad luck here. There's a real thing of, so the whole, the whole point of the movie is again, it's a, it's a biography about this woman yeah. who basically lobbied to have the word illegitimate removed from birth certificates. Yes. So legitimate, illegitimate, explain it to me like I'm a, I'm a child. It's really just about marriage, right? Yeah. Okay. That's it. So you're, that's it. Legitimate child born from marriage. That's so crazy to me. Um, This also features. So a foundling is illegitimate, but they don't know the parents. Like what is the difference between illegitimate or a foundling? So like illegitimate would be you as a single woman give birth Right, That's but he's an, not a. Fa- he wouldn't be a foundling. Right, that would be because, illegitimate. If you, okay. as a single woman, give birth and leave your child at the fire station and disappear, and they're never oh. able to figure out who mother or father was. Okay, that's a foundling. Yeah. Um, it's so they have all these shocking, heartbreaking deaths, and I feel like every time they hard cut to like a piece of jewelry. Like, we do see him, like, continually giving his wife nice jewelry, which is nice, but I don't think it's going to be enough for her to get over her sister's suicide or her son's death. Um, So it's an interesting directorial choice. like, right in front of her, essentially. Yeah. 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 Um, It's also Um, strange that uh, at this time they wouldn't let her have a private orphanage, but she'd just be given, like, tens of babies at a time. (laughs) And then they'd be like... That's okay. Wait, though. You can't find a good household for these ch- children. That's what the no. poor houses and yeah. state-run orphanages are fought for. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. They're like, you can hang on to these, like, there's like 15 babies crying in the room. But they're like, you can't just give them, give them away. And then we meet Tony. Mm-hmm. Who she's very attached to. Yeah. But then she says, they're like, why don't you just adopt Tony? Somebody says that. And she's like, he needs a father. Right. Immediately, do you need a father? I don't know. I mean. Let's ask That sort of seems like the whole thing you're fighting against. (laughs) I did write down when when they had like the, you know, I think it's the Texas house, right? That she's fighting for it on. Yeah. I was like, I'm a little surprised the RNC isn't like fighting to reinstate this <laughs> to be like, no, 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 we should have this like a illegitimate thing, like beyond birth certificates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys, we all need to know where you're coming from. Um, uh, and then I wrote, Oh my God, I'm bawling. I hate this movie. Yeah. I cried um, at the it, end. Tony, it does it, get it. Ended up getting adopted. I'm crying. It does have a, it does have sort of a theme of your son had to die. So you could, do all this, which isn't yep. great. I guess Not it is, great. you know, making the best out of a bad situation. I just don't like it as a theme for a movie. Yeah. Um, they also, we should probably say, uh, you know, we've mentioned this in the past. There is a maid character in this film who has definitely had her skin darkened yep. for the role, which and- is crazy because there's multiple actors of color that actually appear in this film and she's the only one that has had her skin like very much darkened the other ones 
seem pretty natural. So it's very jarring to see. Yeah, the language that they give her too, and the, that the character that they build for her is not. I'll say there's two themes throughout this that I want us to think about. Two themes. Mm-hmm. 1941. I mean, one of them is the African American characters are given. It's been it's tough. There's some tough characters yeah. drawn there. Um, but the second thing is off topic. All of almost every single movie have opening info cards, mm-hmm. like opening title cards. Yeah. And I'm curious as your opinion on that. I think it's fucking lazy. I think the movie should the movie writing should do that. I think so rarely do opening title cards like are they necessary or do they add to it? Like maybe Star Wars, and that's it. I'm do you so think irritated. maybe it's just a um, like a leftover thing from silent films, and people are so yeah. used to that that they kind of you know slowly petered out. Petered out. I didn't even think about that, but that totally makes sense. We'll talk like when we talk about the Maltese Falcon, like they explain what the Maltese Falcon is mm-hmm. in the first in the opening title cards, and then later on, this great actor does a monologue about what the Maltese Falcon is. And I'm like, man, it really takes away from like, it really takes away from the monologue that you had this stupid opening title card at the beginning, which I don't need. Right. Like all, every, almost every single one of these has an opening title card and you don't need any of them. Yeah. It, it gives, and it gives you exposition that you get later on. Right. That you get in the thing. You know what I mean? Or that you could just put in some character's dialogue up top. Um, anyway, that's that's my thought. Blossoms in the dust did this. But that's it. This movie is depressing. I didn't hate it. It was... I like Greer Garson. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely watchable. It's not something yeah. I would be like, hey, y'all should rush out and watch Blossoms in the dust. But... Um, no. We've, I'm not going to go back to it. But yeah. if you are somebody that, you know, gets off on, like, the misery... If you are into Schauden, Schadenfreude. Right. Or, you know, if you want to, if you're just someone that needs to see a film that for some reason ends with America the Beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm clear about that. Yeah. I'm clear about that. <laughs> um, so the next movie, I don't know that probably many of our listeners have seen this, let alone heard of this film. Um, it's uh, called Citizen Kane. <laughs> Citizen, Citizen Kane. Um, what can one say about Citizen Kane? Uh, many believe, what? you know, voted many times the greatest film of all time, greatest American film of all time. Um, have they seen Titanic? <laughs> Is this what I say to that? Have, but have you seen Titanic? Um, you had, you only watched this for the first time a couple years ago, right? You watched this before yeah. you watched Mank. Yes, I watched this before I watched May. I think I had seen it maybe in college too, but I wasn't really paying attention. Right. But I really sat down and watched it before I watched Mank. Um, yeah, it's very hard to separate. I mean, this movie's great. It's very watchable. Yeah. Even now, it's like it moves very quickly. The story's interesting, whatever. It's hard to separate the lore of this movie. 100%. Again, it's hard yeah. to separate the lore of this movie. Yeah, because every single thing, like... The cool mirror shots and like the Forrest Gump shit, like that he's in a shot with Hitler and like the lighting and the theater scene, you know what I mean? Like all of it being all natural lighting or whatever. It's hard to, you're impressed with the pieces 
more than the movie as a whole, I guess. Right, and, I and am it's partially because you've whole. been told since you started watching film with any sort of critical eye that you have to be impressed by it. Which yes, I'm not saying watched, I, I agree with you. I think it's a very good movie. Like it's not yes. that's neither of us saying like, hey, hot take, Citizen Kane is bad and wasn't is important. Bad. Like that's not nope. what we're doing. Um no. but I, I agree with you. It, it is you know, it's like I always say I think one of the coolest things, like when I think about like if you could go into a movie with completely fresh eyes, like I think I've said this on the podcast before, but like my thing would always be like being like one of the first audiences to see Psycho and see Janet Lee's yeah. death halfway through the film when you think she's the star of the movie. Like, I can't imagine how mind-blowing that was in 1960. But Citizen Kane, it's the same thing for, like, someone with, like, a critical, like, appreciation of film even then to go in and see, like, the different things Orson Welles was doing. I'm sure was like, what just happened? Like, what did I just see? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, and it's, it, it's, it's impossible to, to ha- as somebody who has watched so many movies about the making of this movie. Right. I mean, there's Mank, there's RKO 281, 261, whatever that one with Liev Schreiber is. Like, is there's that or- so there's much. There's the, the movie called, like, something with Orson, yeah, right? with yeah. Orson, yeah, that one, which I also watched. There's so much lore around it. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's impossible to sort of, like, look at it with a totally... Uh, you know, not like with a, what, what, what I'm trying to say, not influenced right. eye or whatever. Um, but, uh, that being said, I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I really actually, watchable like, movie. I love the opening newsreel. I think it's really cool. Like, yeah. I think it's super And again, interesting. that's an interesting way rather than doing the title cards. Yeah. To get across all of your information without it, just, you're just reading it. So good on you, Orson Welles. Who, by the way, young Orson Welles is super hot. Yeah. I know I said this to you earlier. He's like your thing. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Um, let me ask, when you and, uh, when Maddie was courting you, did he... Courting Yeah. Me. Did he ever do, like, shadow finger puppets and it, did it really get you going? <laughs> that almost made me physically ill again. <laughs> almost. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you, do you, is she that bad of a singer? She hit that last note. Yeah, I guess. I mean, opera's a pretty high bar. Yeah, I guess that's true. You know, I've been, I've been seeing people tearing Olivia Rodrigo apart for missing like one note on one of her SNL performances, being like, she can't sing yeah. at all. So like, imagine having someone build an opera house for you. Yeah. And then you're just like, fine. Yeah. All right. Um, so I, just, I figured something out. I, I've passed my chance for this to happen, but I really would have liked to reach a level of fame where the only way one could read my memoir was to be locked in a room by themselves. Can't take notes on anything. Can't take it out. No, gotta, yeah, you gotta, it's like a, a library book that can't leave the library. Yeah. But I'm never going to have that. No. Well. Maybe I'll become I mean, a murderer is, or something. <laughs> if it helps at all, nobody will be interested in reading That's true. That's true. I didn't so think of it that way. Yeah. You could do the thing where you just put them in a room and then it's like, 
you can't you can't touch them and then the re- and then that'll be the that'll be the reason that your ghost can tell itself nobody's read them it's hard to get to you know what so stood out as very weird to me this time watching this movie um how weird it is when all the employees of the paper buy him a trophy for coming back from Europe, like a plaque. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine if like when you came back to 200 South after uh, you were on parental leave, if like everyone just like they had bought you a plaque and they were just like, (laughs) Megan's returned. Yeah, that would be, (laughs) it's like a silver cup. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. That'd be really fucking weird. That'd be really fucking weird. That that newspaper did seem like a fun place to work, though. Yeah, I'd also like to have a palace morally where I can corrupt, but shout at my significant other, like yeah, across the. <laughs> it is, it is very funny when she's like, again, shades of Lena Lamont. Yeah, she's like, I want to go out, and he's just like in a, a huge empty room in a fucking like wing backed chair. <laughs> We're not going out. I'm like, this is comedy. It's great. Um, I also, sad, by the way, I also thought it was very sad. I, I Pride. like, we talked about this with the Magnificent Ambersons. I like how Orson Welles did the credits back in the day where everyone yeah. would get like their little moment. Um, and mm-hmm. I also, this time I think was the first time I noticed he's listed last under and in introducing like all of them get their, like all the major people get their like moment. And then it lists like eight other people or whatever. And Orson Welles. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. That is interesting. Look at that wonder kid go, you know. The movie's good. I mean, if you are interested in, uh, and this is his first movie, right? This is. And I mean, the backstory behind the whole movie is really interesting, too. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, him originally telling Luella Parsons it wasn't about William Randolph Hearst. And then telling Hedda Hopper it was about Hearst, and then Hearst yeah. basically trying to bury it, and like most of the other studios, like as it shows in Mank, like that Hearst was like friends with Louis B. Mayer and stuff, and like the studios being like, "Don't put this out, RKL. Like, burn yeah. the negative. Hearst will pay for the cost of the movie as long as you burn the negative, and they still put it out." Um, but then, of course, it basically gets shut out at the Oscars. It wins. A screenplay award, but nothing else. Yeah. But history. But history will view it kindly. I mean, if you're just like, if if I think if you're going to be into movies, you got to watch it to be like, okay, cool. This is where a lot of this yeah. like interesting stuff started. And it's impressive. It's like a crazy ahead of its time sort of feat. Yeah, for sure. Um, here comes Mr. Jordan. Megan, Oof, I think been... I've seen this film before. <laughs> <laughs> what are the other ones called? Down Down to Earth? That's well, the Heaven Rock Can one, Wait right? is the one. Heaven Can Wait. But not the he- we, last we Heaven Can Wait we talked about, but the Warren Beatty Heaven Can Wait. Um, right. Which we've talked about, of course, on the pod before, that Heaven Can Wait was a, I think it was like 42, was a nominated film that does not have the same plot. No, but different. here comes Mr. Jordan is the same as the 1978 Heaven Can Wait, starring Warren Heaven Beatty, where he plays a quarterback instead of a and boxer. And the same one, right? And the same one is Chris Rock, which is Down to Earth, right. right? Yeah. Again, with the opening title cards. Here's my thing: who who is the name? What who is the name? <laughs> Who's the main guy in this? What's his name? Uh, Robert Taylor. So. Okay. I find him to be 
so irritating. My my most of my notes on this movie are this movie was exhausting. This movie is tiring. Robert Montgomery, sorry, Robert Montgomery. Okay. Robert Montgomery. Robert Montgomery, RIP, I assume you're dead. Um, yes, he died before we were a, born. So, yes, he's okay. he's very okay. dead because we were born a long time ago and he was still already dead. And so He was still already dead. Okay. Uh, it's a no from me, dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry to say. Uh, the way he talks is so... So, okay. So, he dies in a... Plane accident. Yes, he is uh, a boxer, even but though he also f- he's flying to New York for a heavyweight bout. Basically, he decides he's going to fly. Mm-hmm. He's bringing his lucky lucky saxophone with him, so nothing can happen to him. Mm-hmm. He crashes Halfway the plane through the flight. He decides, you know what? I'm going to play this fucking. <laughs> I'm going to play this old sax. Yeah, plays the saxophone for a little bit. Yeah, crashes the plane. His soul is removed from his body, but believe it or not, he actually would have survived this plane accident. And the new angel on the beat done fucked up. And even worse, they can't put him back in his body because, as he says, he's been cremated, you dumb clock. <laughs> you dumb clock. Like, or you maybe kept me up here talking. Clock. They took my body and they burned it up. Yeah. The way he says everything is so grating. It's so I, something about his voice and his. It, he's so tired. I'm he, talking about it now. He's so tiring. Yeah, he's such a tiring thing. And the way they do it, and I was like, well, great. I'm gonna get rid of him though, because they're gonna put him in this rich guy who's been murdered body. Yeah, and so now we're gonna be with this rich guy, who's gonna be. And I forget how they did it with Warren, the Warren Beatty. I can't. It, still, it must have still been Warren. It's Beatty. it's a very. I mean, it's the Beatty. same story where he gets put into a millionaire's body, whose girlfriend right. has been plotting against him to murder, or wife has been plotting against him because she's having an affair to murder him. Right, but I thought we were going to get him. So I thought we would take a break break from Robert Montgomery and we'd have a different actor who is playing Robert Montgomery. Well, so so Mr. Jordan says to him, he says. You'll you'll still look like you. But what I thought would be funny is if he said, what, do you want to be recast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, we don't get a break. It's just Robert Montgomery. Nope. Um, important lesson of this movie is don't fly a plane and play the saxophone at the same time. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say. This also, also fine. important lesson, if a millionaire tells you he's actually a dead boxer, believe him. Believe him. Believe him. <laughs> he believe believe rich men. <laughs> the so the movie ends with him dying again and mm-hmm. being reincarnated again. Um, as a in a boxer's body, right? Because like the boxer he was supposed to fight gets killed in the bout. Yes. And so while he was the millionaire, he's fallen in love with this other woman, and then he dies. And then basically he sees her, and she's basically just like, "Well, my lover's body was just found, 
But he did say, if I ever met a fighter... Yep. I should give him a chance. should give him a chance, you know? And, you know, Why good for they... her. Good for her. Like, you and I would never have horse. faith like that. Get back in that ring. Yeah. No, of course not. I would be like, you're fucking bananas. Also, although I guess they're both rich. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. Um, why did they, Mr. Jordan have to take away his memory? Because he gets reincarnated. That boxer dies. And then he gets reincarnated again. And then he's like, okay, you're not going to remember anything. Why do that? I don't know. It must have been something where they thought that the other body was going to just be temporary, right? Because he didn't. He wanted to be in the body of someone that he could. But, like, if, if you're right. getting this ideal body, we can't, you know... We can't also let you know that there's that life you've after been death dead multiple be times. Much. Yeah, yeah. I guess that might kind of fuck with a person. Yeah, and he'd know his actual. They tell him when he, his death date is. But I, I actually, I, I actually also wrote down. Not quite sure. I followed why his mind was wiped. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I did not. No. Fine. It was a fine watch. It just was tiring because that this the guy's acting. I think was just tiring. Yeah, his voice grated on me. And you were thinking about, you know, a young, virile Warren Beatty the whole time that you could have been watching oh, instead. for sure. Do you think Carly Simon wrote You're So Vain about Warren Beatty? Don't we know she did? I don't think she's ever publicly said. Oh, she, like, she, like, raffled she, like, it off. Sold it. Sold yeah, in she, like, told, raffled like, one it off person or, or whatever, right? Yeah. And that person told another person, and then that person told <laughs> another person. And that person was that's... Martin Shkreli. <laughs> That's how rumors get started, Greg. Shall we? Can we move on? Yeah. The Little Foxes. Oof. There is one movie to watch this. There's one reason to watch this movie. And it starts with a B (laughs) and ends with an Eddie Davis. (laughs) I like this one. Really? Yeah. Oh, God, because it's a play. I've never seen I don't think I've ever seen that. I've never seen the play, though. So I wasn't really familiar with that. But I like any, like... Southern Play. family. Like, I think this starts slow, but, like, once, like, the, like, really, like, scheming and how shitty, like, Betty Davis and her brothers are and yeah. poor Teresa Wright. Teresa Wright is th- another interesting person of, she is in, like, every movie in the 40s. Yeah, in and, the like, early no 40s. Like, she's her. nominated, like, three times in her first, like, four movies or something like that. She's in, like, well, she's in every William Wyler movie. Yeah. She's, like, in everything. Yeah. And then... Then nobody ever. T- she's really been lost to time. Yep. Nobody talks about her. Yeah, yep. there is a. There's a lot of people. It's interesting that are in so many of these. I guess you really had to like put a s- stamp on something like in because I think what it is is a lot of these people have like ten to twelve year careers. Whereas, like yeah. you know, like if Betty Davis hadn't made anything after like 1942, like would we remember her? But she yeah. comes back. Uh, she's just yeah. all about Eve, and then whatever happened to baby Jane like and I feel like she was always like I feel like a lot of particularly these actresses also um you know like famously like uh what's uh who's the one that did all that work with animals that just Jane Goodall Jane Goodall famed actress Jane Goodall no, I will remember it um, at some point. Um, someone's screaming at their podcast right now. One of our six listeners. Right. Um, God, I hope so. 
but was a huge star and then just like kind of retreated from the public eye. And I feel like a lot of these women did that, whereas Betty Davis was like on The Tonight Show and like, you know, she just like stuck around and was a personality. Was she president of the Academy at some point? She was actually, interestingly enough, she was president of the Academy this year. And then they were trying to figure out how to do the Academy Awards because it was going to be a month and a half after Pearl Harbor. So they had kind of like had to change everything they were going to do. And Betty Davis had all these suggestions that the Academy was, the other board members were not thrilled with, so she stepped down. Wow. Interesting. She is a fascinating character to me. And I joke, like, she's the only reason to watch the movie. I like the movie, too. I think it's just, it's, it is mostly just like, again, you watch it for the, the scenes. I just watch it for the scenes that she's in. Yeah. That are like of her chewing the scenery and these two brothers that are fucking terrible people and her poor husband. And like, I mean, what does she say to him? I hope you die. I'm waiting for you to die. This is fucking great. And then when he's having a heart attack and she just is like watching him, mm-hmm. this is fucking great. Um, yeah, she's she's just fucking the reason for the season for me. I just, I wanted, um, I just really wished Horace had married Birdie instead. Poor Birdie. Poor Birdie. Oh, and that scene was good, too. Yeah. Where she, they were like, oh, you're tired. And she's like, no, I'm an alcoholic, like, because my, <laughs> because I'm, married I'm unhappy. Because I married this shithead, like, I hate my I married life. this piece of my shit, son I hate is, my life. My son, who, oh my, God. my least favorite actor, by the way, I think. Oh, He's in a lot he of was. he's in a lot of the like additional film noir movies I've watched for the last couple years we've done, and I just never like him in anything. He's always like super over the top. Uh, this was his, I think this is his film debut though, because he was in the stage production. Oh, the scene where there he, he's like he and his fucking uh, what's her when they're shaving, uh huh, like whatever is amazing. <laughs> It's like, what is happening here? Although, so Alexandra, for the most part, is you're just, like, hoping, like, she'll get away. She'll, like, um, get out of this terrible family. But then when she goes to get her dad, she's sort of a bitch to the help at the hotel. And I'm like, oh, you got a little bit of your mom in you. And she's like, well, my father is a convalescent, so you'll have to move someone so we can have a room on the first floor. Yeah. And you know what? They just do it. And if I was in that room, I'd be pissed. Well, I mean, I assume he's paying for it. Yeah. But if imagine if someone just came and knocked on your door and was like, sorry, we're going to have sorry. to move you. And then, you know, you can't complain because it's like a guy in a wheelchair. Yeah. Someone. Although he's he's just what is wrong with him exactly? Because he does get out. I feel like he just has like congenital heart failure. Basically. Okay. Because he does get out of the... He is able to walk. Yeah. I also like that they're trying to marry her off to Leo, who is her first cousin. They're like, we'll talk about yeah. it. We can talk about we'll it. We'll talk about it. It's fine. It's going to be fine. It's fine. It's not a big deal. And then, but then, of course, the dad comes in with a sense being like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, can I say... For, I will say this. For all of the, like... This is a movie about Southerners. Nobody really has that strong of a Southern accent. Well, we're going to talk about a movie in a second where everyone looks like they're looking at a dialect sheet the entire time, every single time they're talking. (laughs) So, you know what? I I appreciate that they 
they didn't lay okay. it on thick. The only thing laid okay. on thick in this film is Betty Davis's face makeup. Betty Davis's face makeup. Well, I read about that too. She wanted to look like she wanted like a kabuki she, so, mask, basically. Yeah, yeah, she wanted to look older because she was like younger than the than the character. I guess she and William Wyler really came to into blows. Did not get Wyler? along. Yeah, 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 yeah. They did not get along. I think she fucking rules. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Anyway, I think people should. Uh, this is a movie I I don't think Megan would, but I would suggest you check out. I liked it. I mean, watch it just for the Betty Davis scenes. Sure. It's a good like progenitor of like a like a play like August Osage County. You know, it's about like a yeah. messed up family. Yeah, messed up family. Yeah. Um, the Maltese Falcon. Wow, another biggie. A biggie. A biggie. This movie's confusing. I've seen it, it multiple times now, and I, I still find it confusing. It is. I think a huge part of that is Humphrey Bogart's mm-hmm. character. I. So it's a noir, and it's like yeah. the it's like the big it's like a big noir, yeah. and I feel like it's like the a noir that a lot of other noirs are sort of. Yeah, it's based a it's on. like a Rushmore. Like, if you were, like, the most famous yeah. film noirs, like, this yeah. would be on that list. Yes. And I think maybe they got, they, they they did such a good job nailing, like, the tone of it all. They just got better at them. Mm-hmm. Here's my own, my, my, I think, I'm, I love that you say it's confusing, because it is a little confusing. And a large part of that is, I think, you with Humphrey Bogart, like, I'm not sure if there's... I'm not sure that we're supposed to believe him. Right. And he's our way in. So there's no, there's nobody to grab onto. Yeah. And the reason, the reason for me that I I just like couldn't get it out of here is that the movie opens basically in the beginning, Humphrey Bogart's partner is shot. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Killed. And he does not seem that upset at his partner getting shot. At all. Doesn't seem like Honestly, he cares. Honestly, unfazed. Yeah. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. And then you find out he's having an affair with his wife. So you're like, okay, there's something something going on yeah. here. He had some sort of a play. Nope. No, he actually had nothing to do with it. He had nothing to do with it. He's just not sad about it. Does not seem to feel guilty about having an affair with his wife. She seems very in love with him, and he sort of does, and then he switches very quickly. Yeah. And it's, his character is all over the place. Yeah. There's no... I, that's my issue with it. His character is all the fuck over the place. To be fair, Miles' wife is super annoying. Super annoying. Oh, my God. <laughs> super annoying. Seems also a lot older than Humphrey Bogart, which is saying something. Yeah. Humphrey Bogart um, is do you constantly think old. That's what, do you think that's where they get the name Archer for the TV show from? I wonder that if Miles Archer was the reason why. I mean, I know he's a spy, not a detective, but I was like, I wonder if, I wonder if that's why they went with Archer. Maddie's friends with the showrunner. I'll ask him. Yeah, I'm asking. I'm curious. And then a major character dies off camera, but they they kind of don't say like if you blink and you miss it. Yeah. Like she says, like so and so is dead. Yeah. Or whatever. The character that was being tailed that you're waiting to show up. So it's uh, so already you're starting off being like, wait, what? 
So, who, who, okay, so he's dead, and Humphrey Bogart has de- definitely has something to do with it because he's not sad at all. Um, yeah. I will say this. There are some great fucking lines in this movie. Yeah, like you said, like the explanation of the what the Maltese Falcon is is great. Like it's a really yeah. well done monologue. I did write down in that scene that I feel like if I was a private investigator and I was like meeting with like a shady figure, I probably wouldn't have a drink with him. I wouldn't have a drink. Yeah. I feel like no, I would I know better. Yeah. Um um, There's also it's, some- it's kind of all worth it for the end. Like Mary Astor, who's like the femme fatale character, has this breakdown, which is not super well acted, I don't think. Um, no. But Humphrey Bogart's like has this like very cold response to it, which is great. And there's a yeah. part where he like blows smoke in the New York gunman's face earlier. It's a cool Sam Spade's a cool guy. He's cool. Yeah. He is cool. He just, it, it just doesn't, it, it, he's so cool that you lose sight of it. He's, for the person, then we needed another character to be like our grounding, right. our way in. So like to somebody, a character that we could like definitely trust yeah. because you can't trust anybody else because they all have their own motives trying to get the Maltese Falcon. So you're sort of like, wait, what's, they're all lying. So it's like, well, what's real and what's not? And Humphrey Bogart, the character that seems like he's lying maybe the most, right. is actually not lying. So you're like, what? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but he has some great lines. He says, I don't mind a reasonable amount of trouble. Great line. Also, what do you want me to do? Learn to stutter? Great line. <laughs> it's a great script. The lines are really good. Yeah. Um, the way he keeps taking guns from people and then immediately giving them back <laughs> also made me laugh. And then keeps like them, then using them again. He's like, damn yeah. it. <laughs> damn it. And you know, when I was, I was watching this at, uh, at work on my lunch break and I was doing my New York times mobile crossword at the same time. And Peter Laurie walked on screen one minute later, Peter Laurie Peter answered Laurie. one of my crossword questions. He is a weird little man. Yes. Definitely wouldn't trust that guy. Definitely would not give that guy a gun back. No, keep the gun. <laughs> Take so the when cannoli. He gives it to him, when he's like, can I have my gun back? Yeah. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to search her. <laughs> and then Humphrey Bogart laughs. Yeah, I mean, it's it was enjoy The second half, I think, is better. Yeah. Because the first half, all the setup is like, wait, what's happening? And, you know, now? the whole thing, like, obviously, the Maltese Falcon itself, like, this Maltese falcon that we actually see is like just a red herring. It's not a. Yeah. Yeah. You never actually, we never, there is no Maltese falcon yeah. in the actual yeah. movie, the Maltese falcon. But again, Where this is, is a, this is a, if you're a fan of film and film history, you have to see the Maltese falcon. You, mm-hmm. It's going to be referenced. Yeah. How will you, then, you know, how will you get, you know, all of your Woody Allen content? <laughs> if you don't know the Maltese falcon. Sidebar, we played on Saturday night before I got sick. I went to a friend of the pod, Kelly Ewing. Uh, she had like a holiday party at her house and we played Heads Up. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Woody Allen was one of the, we're giving clues for Woody Allen. It came up and we all in unison, there's four of us, just screamed at Michael Joyce. He molested his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so that, Shows you something about where yeah. Woody Allen is at the. That was the first thing that came up. Yeah, 
And he, by the way, didn't get it. And then I was like, Annie Hall, I think because we were all laughing so hard because we had said, we all, all screamed he molested his daughter. Yeah. Anyway. Tough beat, Woody. Maybe you shouldn't have been a shithead. <laughs> um, let's move on to One Foot in Heaven. Craig. Is this it? This is it. This is it. This is it! This is it So One Foot in Heaven, basically, it's about a guy who is engaged. Don't even, but let's just, let's just say this is a, this is a googly. Yeah. This is a googly. He's like engaged, he's engaged to be married, but he decides he's going to go into, (laughs) become a pastor. Um, But his, you know, his. Oh my God, this movie's my His betrothed is like, that's fine. Let's do it. Um, I know one thing that I've always loved uh, in a romance is watching young lovers quote scripture to each other. <laughs> and oh, I know that he ca- <laughs> it was always a dream of yours. I remember you telling me that this is long. When we first met, before you mm-hmm. met Maddie, you were like, mm-hmm. I just want to marry a pastor that will tell me I'm not allowed to decorate my house or dress nice. When we got to that, I was like, oh, so this is the type of movie this is going to yeah. this is going to be. This is the type of movie. He also calls her mother. Yeah. This is the like Mike Ronald Pence story. Fucking Reagan. This is like a Mike Pence. Yeah. yeah. So gross. And also gives then can I just say this other thing too? The baby naming thing? That's a sissy They're name. Fighting. My son will be no it's sissy. A sissy name. Isn't it just My son his won't name? Be a sissy. It's his name. <laughs> It's his name with a junior at the end. Yeah. It's his name. It's a sissy name. Okay. So then let's leave that aside. Yeah. So then he goes to baptize him. She, She's she baptizing his own ba- son. In a, it's yep. a, it's, he's baptizing multiple children, but the last one he's doing is his own son. And what and the fuck gives, does he do, Megan? He gives him the name that the, the wife didn't want that he wanted. Yeah. And you know what she does? I was... Let's it go. Nothing. No problem. Kowtows. Nothing. Comes home and she's like, it's fine. I was so angry I was vibrating. <laughs> I was like, I hate this man. I yeah. hate everything about this movie. And I then couldn't even tell you what it's about, really. One of the, cra- the, one of the craziest things I thought was going to happen, then of course it got turned on his ear, is his son sneaks in to see a movie. And then he lectures oh, yeah. his son about how they're not allowed to go see movies. And I was like, yeah. is it just going to stop here? Is this a movie about not going to see movies? <laughs> not going to see movies? Wouldn't that have been so great if it had just stopped? There was like 45 minutes after that. No, he goes and sees the movie and he's like, you know what? Movies? They're not so bad. And then his house burns down. And while the house is burning, all the wife cares about is the new hat she bought that's in the, the house. Yeah. And then they move to Denver. I the war's over. I, everyone celebrates. Oh, yeah. Everyone's trying Ooh. to celebrate. And he's like, okay, but first kneel down in the snow and let's all pray. Yeah. And then we gotta fix up the church. Oh, it was interminable. It was in He does do a he does do a, a tricky little trick to replace the choir. He doesn't like the wants to have a children's choir instead of like all these old biddies that are like annoying him. Um, so he, he basically, he sends the children up because he knows the other parishioners, like you can't go against the children. No. Um, 
They try, though. Ooh, they try. I hated this movie. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Also, don't they end this. up building, like, this. the world's largest church. When they show the church it's at huge. the end, I was like, yeah. this is bigger than, like, a, like an Orange Notre County megachurch. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's. It's it, it's insane. They didn't need to. It's like a small town. Yeah. Anyway, so that's one foot in heaven. Don't watch that movie unless you're like don't into watch that like movie. Parish. It priests. comes to, the it comes from a parable, by the way, or whatever a Bible line. Yeah, there's a lot of Bible lines they, in the movie. A lot of Bible lines. You know who the star of this no, movie is, though, Frederick Marsh. And you know who what Frederick Marsh is probably perhaps most famous for, in terms of acting. Is he was the original Willie Loman. Oh my god, really? I did not know that. Yeah. Wow, that's a I'll be real with you, a different type of role. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so now we're gonna get into accent corner. Um we're gonna talk about <laughs> one of the top one hundred and twenty five highest grossing films of all time when adjusted for inflation, Sergeant York. Wow, I thought there, there's another. I thought we were gonna talk. Well, there's another accent. We got more accents to come. Accent, accents on accents on accents. Sergeant York. Uh, the title is misleading. It takes a long time for him to get to be a sergeant. Yeah. The first half of the movie is lots of wrecking and yassum. Devil's got a hold of your shirt tails. I ain't seen you in a coon's age. <laughs> I'm a gonna marry you. These are just some of the lines that I wrote down that. <laughs> um, for really those of you who. Uh, I was like, is this little app? Yeah. What's for those happening? of you listening that did not go to acting school, when you, when you go to acting school or, you know, even when you uh, take on a role with like, like, like a real dialect to it. Mm. You'll have a lot of times the like dialect coach will score the text out with like. The schwas and like how like this vowel is pronounced in this part of the country, and it very much seems like everybody in this film is just like straight reading off cue cards, like with these all written out because it's such yeah. pronounced. I am doing a backwoods Tennessee accent, and I'd say Gary Cooper is the worst at it, and the pastor is the best. Mm-hmm. I think the that the past the voice of the pastor. That's some ASMR shit right there. I could fall asleep just listening to him be like, devil's got a hold of your shirt tails. You got to come to church. <laughs> um, so the woman that plays Gary Cooper's bride in this mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. is also the actress that played George M. Cohen's bride. Um, oh. In Yankee Doodle Dandy. Uh, so the one who had a song written about her, written for her, and then got it taken away. Yeah, that one. Joan okay. Leslie. So she was 16 in this movie, um, 17 when she uh, was married to uh, George M. Cohen. George M. Cohen. Uh, Gary Cooper was 40 uh, when this movie wow. came out. Uh, wow. Won the Academy Award for Best Actor, and then the next year, James Cagney wins. So you take a child bride in the early 40s, you're going to win Best Actor for You're it. You're going to win Best Actor. Yeah. Can you imagine being in the scene where he's like like coming on to you and he's like, I'm going to marry you and whatever, and she's like 16 years old yeah. and he, this is a 40-year-old man. Yeah. Megan, um, 
You're a great. I did a bit of a deep dive. Sorry Go ahead. to interrupt, but I did do a bit of a deep dive on Gary Cooper mm-hmm. during this movie. Not a great guy. People loved him in Hollywood, though. They thought he was a real yeah. aw shucks type. Yeah. I think maybe ultimately he did have a lot of affairs. He had an affair. He was married to somebody for a long time and he had an affair with Ingrid Bergman. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Go ahead. I was going to say, Megan, you know, you, uh, our listeners maybe don't know this, but you're a, you're a great chef, very good mm, cook. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. Did you know before watching this movie what the best way to shoot a turkey was? Do you know? Great question. Um, great question. I didn't. And here's the, the reason. I do not hunt my own game. Oh, okay. No, I live in uh, the city of, La- of Los Angeles. Uh-huh. You guys don't Before have... Before this, I lived in New York City. We do not have... No wild have turkeys just, just walking turkeys. around. We did have wild turkeys where I grew up. Um, so when you Hampshire, so when you're growing up in but no guns in Exeter, no New guns. Hampshire, you didn't ever just go. <laughs> and when a turkey popped its head up, you didn't shoot it. Popped his little head up. Spoiler! It's a spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! And fun fact: uh, if you do that to German soldiers too, <laughs> same thing. Turns out, turns out, same yeah. thing. Turns out, turkey sounds a lot like German because they'll do the same thing. Um. Uh, he, the first half are, are It's all him crazy. like coming of age. We see he's a great marksman. He can kill turkeys. He's trying to, you yeah. know, get money so he can buy property to Mari. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna marry you. I'm gonna marry you. Um, <laughs> and then he joins the army, but he uh, has become religious. He's, you know, found God, yeah. and he doesn't believe killing is right, which, spoiler alert, it isn't really. There's a lot of trying to justify. So then, what his like commanding officer is like, well, I'm going to tell you why. Do you, you know, I'm going to tell you why basically we need to be in this war. A lot of justification, a lot of trying to justify U.S. involvement in World War One. Yeah, we and should point out anything, this is World War One. This is not World like a Nazi concentration camp. Like, no, you know, very much more complicated war. That they're trying yes. to convince him to go and uh, kill Germans. Um, yes. And basically what uh, what convinces him is that the town he's from is where Daniel Boone killed a bar. If Daniel Boone can kill a bar, I can kill Germans. I can kill some Germans. Yeah. Because of freedom. What? God country. God country. God and country. Okay. Yeah. All right. A lot of contradictions in the Bible. That's fine. A lot of contradictions in people. That's fine. So then he goes to kill Germans. I will say the the battle scenes are pretty brutal. Yeah. Particularly for the time. Like, yeah. Particularly for the time. But also, like, we've, I've seen... Well, let's, I'm like... Two speed, two speed, two speed. Okay. At the end, when he becomes, like, the hero, yeah. whatever, I was like... Sergeant York, more like John Wick, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> he does, he kills uh, roughly 260 Germans. It's like him. Just by himself. And he's just like, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, they weren't well trained though. You know, they kept just like one on one, like standing up and yeah. getting shot in the head when people, when turkey yeah. gobbles were happening and then <laughs> nobody else would notice. <laughs> he just would be like, boop, boop, reload. Done. Boop, boop. Reload. 
I was like, what is... Now, there is a... really taken to this whole killing thing. Yeah, when he comes home, and this is true of the actual person that, you know, he got offered, like, these advertisement things, and he basically turned them down. He was like, I am not going to profit off what I did there. Like, I did this because I thought it was necessary, but I'm... And apparently, when he was... He came to set when they were shooting the movie and someone asked him about, like, how many Jerry's did you shoot or whatever, and he kind of broke down. Like, apparently it was something he did struggle with um, for years of his life. Um, As one would. Yeah. But then they Especially give him a... for that the government give, What a the, fucking... You know, the government gives him a farm for what he did, just like we do to our vets now. They come home, we give mm-hmm. them homes. We give them... We, property. Yeah, homes and... You know, set them up for access life. Access to mental health care yeah. and health care. Oh, my God. Um... So you said that this movie was whatever, adjusted for inflation, uh-huh. 125th, whatever, 126th. But the movie was still in theaters. So this movie was still in theaters when Pearl Harbor happened. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so people like lost their minds yeah. and wanted to see no, it. No, it it's, 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 it's the top box office movie of the year. Right. Yeah. And then, and, and uh, again, the Wikipedia told me. That when a mo- for the next like year when a movie would bomb, they'd pull it and then just put in Sergeant York and do a replay because people loved it so much. Yeah, um, I'm a gonna marry I'm you. I'm gonna marry you. Okay, I have to apologize. Actually, it's good that these movies are going back to back because I skipped them because I watched this one last because this is not streaming at all. In fact, I sent you a Blu-ray of this movie, so we skipped it when we were going through alphabetically because I had it I last. I thought Craig had sent me a, a fun present. Yeah. But these, but these this next is the two real accent yeah, corner. But these next two movies are was the big best actress race because we'll talk about Hold right. Back the Dawn first, which is Olivia De Havilland, and then we'll talk about Suspicion, which is her sister Joan Fontaine. So this was like a real like oh sister versus two sister. sisters, sister, yeah. which who did not two like each other. Sisters, no. Well, did you know that Joan Fontaine had to change her name? The for her stage name couldn't be De Havilland because her mother didn't want her to take away from Olivia, who was her favorite. So she made Joan, she was like, you can't have to have Linda. Olivia has that. It was interesting because I had always thought, and maybe it's just because she lived longer and maybe it changed later in life. I always thought like Joan Fontaine was kind of the reason, but in reading about the Oscars from this year, like Joan Fontaine seems like it was originally Olivia. was not even going to go to the Oscar ceremony. And then Olivia yeah. was like, you have to go. And then they were at the table together and then, Joan Fontaine ends up winning the Oscar, and apparently Olivia Davlin was, like, very, like, cool to her, like, shook her hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then apparently it was overheard whispering because Suspicion was released, like, the last day it could be released to be. They were, and she was like, if this had just been delayed a week, maybe I would have won. Meanwhile, it's like, it should have been Betty Davis, you dumb cunts. <laughs> Um, so hold back the dawn, hold back the dawn. And I do love Olivia de Havilland, although in this movie, there's not a lot. No, she's just very sweet and you. She's very sweet and nice. Yeah. It's a movie about a man who's come over from Romania. He's trying to get into, you know, he's fled. It's present day. So he's fled the war that's already happening in Europe. 
and he's trying to get into the United States um, and finds out from someone else that the best way to do that would be to marry an American citizen. And Olivia de Havilland... And he's like in a border town. Yeah, in Mexico. Mexico. He's gotten to Mexico. And Olivia de Havilland... How can you tell it's Mexico? Everyone has a French accent. Yes. (laughs) Everyone that lives there, works there, the people that are waiting to get into the country from Europe, everyone's accent is French. Yes. Um, Which is... The two mechanics, the two mechanics that work on the bus that that Olivia Havilland's breakdown, French. Oh, I thought they were Italian. They sounded Italian to me. Certainly not Mexican. No, 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 no. no. Absolutely not. Certainly not Mexican. I mean, not even Spanish. You know, they're not even speaking like... Um, yeah, so it's an interesting choice, but that is how, you know, that area, Baja, uh, Tijuana, the Tijuana mm-hmm. area was at the time. Yeah. And Olivia to have him plays a um, teacher at a school that is just bringing her kids down to Mexico for... A terrible teacher. Can I just say... Yeah. An this is like Kay Corleone-esque, like, oh, Michael's back. I'll just leave all these children behind as I... Yeah. Go off on a walk with him. As I go off on a walk. And by the way, so, and which, by the way, the, leave the children behind and her beloved bus. The bus breaks down uh-huh. because of whatever. And instead of, they're like, well, we don't have, we won't have the part till tomorrow. Like, you can't, whatever. Instead of being like, okay, well, we'll just take a bus into the United States or we'll just, you know, or whatever, get a ca- car yeah. or something to come get us, to bring us back home with a bunch of children that are not yours. Yeah. To Azusa. That are not yours. Yeah. Bunch of kids that are not yours. She's like, I couldn't leave the bus behind that school property. Better for us to spend the night. Yeah. In the, in the hotel lobby. Now, listen, if I'm the parent of one of these children, I'm like, fire her immediately. <laughs> That's a bad choice. Fire her immediately. Well, also, there's like the, they're trying to like repair the bus before they decide they can't. They need a part that they can't get until the next day. Um, and all the kids are still in it. Like, I don't know a ton, but I feel like if a mechanic's working on a car, like, I don't know, like a dozen young boys shouldn't be in the yeah, in it at the same time. Yeah. Anyway, he proposes to her. They get married. He's just using her. Yeah. But then they fall. They, of they course, they fall in love anyway. But then she finds out everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in a she car wreck. Car wreck. Because she's so distraught. He goes to get her. Oh, can we talk about, you know who I loved was the family in the, that's also staying in the hotel waiting to cross the border. Who The pregnant couple? The, the pregnant couple and the wife just like moseys over to the other side briefly one day and yeah. um and has the baby on US soil yeah. and it's I th- like- I also uh I also like that couple but I'm not sure why that plot is in the movie. No, no idea. No. <laughs> it was almost no like they're why, like yeah. hmm, we need 12 more minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole the whole subplot with them trying to do it too is is very like well this is has no yeah, it's not it's yeah. not serve our plot at all. Um, that last shot is very annoying. They don't show them reuniting. So, like, basically, he drives to see her in the hospital and then tries to sell the story to the. It's a very weird para- framing device it's where very it weird opens framing. with him Why? like sneaking onto a studio lot to try and sell his story. Yeah, that's your grand plan. Yeah, Jesus Christ. It's insane. 
Um, and it's also not even that uncommon of a story, apparently. Like, that's a thing that was happening, was yeah. people marrying American women to whatever. There's, um, there are also... So then he runs... Yeah. I was just going to say, the ending of the movie is, like, he's running to her, but that just ends with her him, like, running and pushing through a crowd. Like, they don't show them, like, embracing and reuniting. Poor, bad idea. Yeah. Olivia was like, I gotta go. <laughs> She's like, I can't shoot any more of this. Um, I, I did like at the... I, head, she's such a bitch. Did you like at the beginning where the judge grants a divorce because uh, the woman who's only married... Or we find out that the woman who gives him this whole grand scheme basically had been married to a man that was five foot three. So the judge was like, oh, you're right. You don't have to be married to yeah. that man. He's only yeah. five three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was great. That's reason enough for divorce yeah. for me. Yeah. He, he fooled guy. you. He was wearing stilts this whole time. <laughs> she says something. She's like, I need a man, not a floss pig or something like that. She's like, she was funny. I liked her. Yeah. And I thought uh, the big thing I'll say about Olivia de Havilland is I think given the style of performance at the time and a lot of it in this movie, she's surprisingly naturalistic. No, I, here's the thing. I think now she now I think she's a bitch. However, I think she's fucking great in everything she does. Unless she's always you know, good. Yeah, the heiress hive is you know here. Heiress hive yeah. rise up. Yeah, heiress hive rise up. Yeah. Um, I think she's great, and I and I will say like I enjoyed this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's they moved. You know, yeah. it's like it's funny that of all the movies, like you were able to like find one foot in fucking heaven, but like, couldn't, you know, yeah. couldn't find hold back the dawn. Yeah. Um, only available on the old Blu-ray. Blu-ray. And now I own it. How exciting yeah. for me. Uh, and so then there's suspicion. Alfred Hitchcock, a year after, uh, his triumph with Rebecca winning best picture, um, is back with Joan Fontaine. And Which, I like or, this movie. As I like to call her monkey face. Yeah. What does the family call you, monkey face? Monkey face? Monkey face. Um, if I was her, I'd be like, hey, can that maybe not be my pet A hundred percent. I also wrote that down. I'd be like, listen, I know you're Cary Grant, but can we just like, can we spitball some other ideas? Just some other ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah I like this movie. The tone is kind of weird. Uh, it's like silly silly but sad and then like the then the like s- slow kind of creeping dread yeah um because it's hey, very charady carrie grant stop marrying strangers stop marrying get strangers. to know you these barely, men before you get married you barely know him uh go on a few dates test drive the car hey Meg, you know? can i ask you a question yeah go ahead let's say you came home and Ooh, maddie sold your two home. favorite chairs <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'd say thank you for doing me the favor. Those are they were ugly, and you were right. Right. They were they did ugly. They did not go with the decor of the rest of the house. Yeah. Yeah. I think the ending of this movie ruins the movie. Well, yeah, it's sort of in this room. So they're in this car, and he seemingly is driving like a crazy person. So basically, the whole thing is like, yeah. She's this heiress. He seems to have gotten into this for the money. He is being fucking shady. (laughs) 
Like that's it's the same issue that I had with Maltese Falcon. It doesn't make sense that like he's not guilty of anything. He's he like talking. He's like asking questions about untraceable poison at the dinner table. Yeah. He's like yes. clearly very upset when her father dies, and the only thing that they inherit is a small yearly stipend that she gets and a portrait of her dad when he thought yeah. she was going to be way more. Um, and then so he, he's driving like a maniac um, on the cliffs of, I, I guess California, right? Are we in California in this movie? I don't know where we are. Mm, the cliffs yeah, of somewhere. And like her no, door- he's in like Sussex or something. No, they're in like oh, they're, in, yeah, oh, they're right. in England. Yeah, and yeah. the door flies open, and she thinks he's trying to push her out. Which guess what? So would I. I would also think so that's what's happening. I. And then basically, he's like, "I was trying to pull you back in, darling." <laughs> Were you? Were you? And th- Were you? then it just and like his really friend died mysteriously, and like there's that there's still questions about that. Yeah, and, and she has like this sort of like mini everything. breakdown, and then it feels like they cut three minutes from the end because then they're just back yeah. in the car together and everything's fine. And everything's fine. And I was like, you need to get away from him. Although he brought her that milk and she just didn't drink it. Yeah. Was the milk poison? We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, I I I, I like this movie, but I, I guess the studios made the book ends with she drinks the milk mm-hmm. and it is poisoned. And while she's drinking it, she's writing a letter to her mom being like he's he's poisoned me basically. And then she dies and he mails the letter. So it like seals his, his fate. fate. Yeah. Great ending. And she, yeah, it's a great ending. And she like loved him too much that she was just like, I'll drink the, like whatever right. you want me to do, I'll drink the poison, which totally makes sense. Yeah. Cause it's like, that's, and that's what the movie is about is like, she loves this. She loves Carrie. And by the way, I get it. Yeah. He's Carrie fucking Grant. Yeah. She loves him so much that she's like, sell the chairs embezzle the money, don't have a job, like, whatever, all of this shit, I don't care, and then he kills her, and whatever. Instead, they have to have Cary Grant be the good guy, right? and it just doesn't really add up. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's a bummer. Everything gets just kind of explained away at the end, and then it's like, okay, and then they're happy, and it's fine. It is a bummer. Yeah. It's a bummer, because the rest of the movie is cool, and, like, is set up to be this, like, big kind of, like, cool turn and it's ruined at the I think it's ruined at the end yeah it's a bummer bummerino God. but it is really good up until studios that studios getting involved it really is good up yeah. until then yeah um let's talk about the best picture winner from the year how green was my valley how green was my valley Oof, depressing movie yeah uh we're in Wales no title card this is the only one by the way that does not I think maybe suspicion doesn't either that has no title card up top explaining shit. So I would say this is a film that there are very adamant defenders of because of the Citizen Kane narrative. So there are people that like are right. like, you know, How Green Is My Valley is a great film. It kind of gets the Shakespeare and love treatment. Yeah. Um, which I can see, except I would also say of the nominees, this is still like, kind of in the middle for me like it's not like it was like for me it's not the second best movie from the year either like it's not like i would go well citizen kane obviously is like this like huge change of a film like it's so important historically 
Um, but How Green Was My Valley is awesome also. I don't think it's a bad movie by any means. Like, I think it's interesting, but it it would not be in my two spot uh, when we do it. So, no. I don't know. I'm not sure what's in my two spot just yet. I kind of, everything is kind of bunched up. Yeah. I really liked this movie. I wouldn't say it's the Shakespeare in Love to Citizen Kane's Saving Private Ryan. Right. Because those are both like excellent movies, right? Um, and the, and I like understand, why, and I'm not I'm not at this stage angry that it beat. You know what I mean? Saving Private Ryan. Um, this sh- definitely should not have won, yeah. but I thought it was very beautiful. I don't know. Maybe it's also the 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 time and the place that I was in watching it or whatever right. the fuck it is. But I think it's very, it's very nostalgic and very, it's all told in voiceover from the young kid about his town. And like, you sort of see the decline. Yeah. The decline of the town and like yeah. this kid growing up and it's, um, it's very bittersweet. The whole thing, um, all his dad and all of his older brothers all work in the mines and you see them mm-hmm. like slowly start to lose their jobs because yeah. the mines can get cheaper labor and you know, there's a whole unionization thing that kind of starts and stops in the movie. They don't, I think they probably could have gone a little bit farther, but it's uh, probably more than one would expect from this time period from a major motion yeah. picture in terms of the importance of unions. Yeah. Um, there's Do not a, sign me up for mining, but I know I've said this before. Could not think of a worse job. No, no, no. Not interested. No, thank you. Yeah. People just keep dying in the mines. His brother dies in the mine. His brother dies. His father dies. At the end, his father dies in the mine. And it's really sad. Yeah. There is a great, uh, there's a scene with a teacher who's a true asshole um, that, like, canes him. Oh, my God. And then I got really mad because I've seen this movie before, but it had been a long time. So I got really mad when he wouldn't let his brothers go and kick the shit out of the teacher. But then instead, uh, the the boxer in the village that just teaches him how to box goes and yeah <laughs> knocks the teacher he out kicks so I was the like, shit out of it knocks like, the, i loved that yeah yeah that was great that was great yeah he beats them the kid unconscious yeah yeah it's brutal it's really brutal it's pretty fucked yeah yeah i like it i like this movie there's i i, I mean I it like looks beautiful movie. it's john ford you know he um Wins Best Director for this movie, which I think this was like the third or fourth time he'd won Best Director. So he's, um, it's a it's a well told film, absolutely. It yeah. just uh, definitely suffers in in historical comparison because it's it's not that again it's a super well made movie, but it is like you would expect to see one or two of these. I feel like every year in this time period, like a film like yeah. this, so. Yeah, but maybe not done quite as. I mean, I I was emotionally moved at the end. I thought it was. A, I thought the ending was beautiful. Well, to be and fair, also, your dad died in a mining yeah. accident, so of course you were. Moved yeah, by that's it. so I have like a real <laughs> connection to it. I also wrote hell yeah name drop for the last line. Um, How green was my valley? I did then. write that. Write down which movie I literally wrote down. Oh, hold back the dawn. I wrote down title said at one point. Title said. Love that. Love that. I'm ready to rank. I feel good about this. Let's do it. 
Number 10. One foot <laughs> in the fucking... One foot in heaven. Number A bad movie. Number 10. One foot in heaven. A bad movie. Number nine. Sorry. Thinking. I think number nine is Sergeant York, ultimately. Okay. Um, I have Here Comes Mr. Jordan at number nine. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that's my number eight. Here comes Mr. Jordan. I think my number eight is actually Blossoms in the Dust. My number seven is Blossoms in the Dust. Okay, and then my number seven is Sergeant York. Okay. So we've got the same so we've got the same your- bottom four, just in a okay. slightly different okay. order. Okay. What is this? My number six? Yeah. Hmm. I think my number six is Hold Back the Dawn. I think my number six is also Hold Back the Dawn. Oh. Okay, so that means my number five is, I'm going to tell you, it's Maltese Falcon. Um, So my number five is How Green Was My Valley. My number four is Little Foxes. And my number four is The Maltese Falcon. My number three is Suspicion. The ending. Sorry. My number three is The Little Foxes. My number two is How Green Is My Valley. I actually really like this movie. And again. Great. I'm not mad that I won. Look, I'm happy for you. My number two is Suspicion. Which means our number one's. Basic bitches that we are, as Citizen Basic Kane. Bitches. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing: it just it, to this, to, even with all of the like whatever hoopla around it, it's not even about the like. I want to reiterate, like the shots and the like lighting and the like. Oh, isn't it cool the way he did this or whatever? That's all neat to know, but like you don't even need. It's just a good story, well told. Right. It's just a simple story, well told, and it's very like they're just trying to. It's just some newspaper guys interviewing. Kane's uh, friends and family trying to find out what Rosebud means. That's it. Yeah. Um, Did you uh, watch any other films from the year? You know, I wanted to watch Lady Eve, and then I got sick. Yeah. Um, That was actually the only one I watched that's technically from the year. I also watched Sullivan's Travels, which is listed on IMDb as a 1941 movie, but then I found out it didn't go into wide release until 1942. But I had never seen it before. Well, then it doesn't count. It doesn't. I was glad I watched it, but it actually was not as good as I kind of expected it to be based on what I heard about it. The Lady Eve I really liked, though. Um, I think I'd still ultimately say Citizen Kane, um, but this would firmly have been in my number two if it had been nominated. It's a rom-com. It's Barbara Stanwyck and uh, Henry Fonda who 
one of my big things was like Henry Fonda should have been in more comedies. He's funny in this movie. He does yeah, some he real is funny, yeah. Um But basically, he plays like an heir to like a ale company, that and Barbara Stanwyck and um, Charles Coburn uh, and another guy are like these uh, basically just scam artist so she's just trying to run a scam on him uh, but it's very funny a lot of a lot of good jokes uh stanwick is great in it as well cobra's great um yeah i know i'd never seen it before but uh yeah made me think well, that uh, they should have had a bit it, so. where henry fonda like tripped over a goose and fell into a golden pond <laughs> a loon tripped over a loon fell, a loon, fell a loon. right into golden pond loon. and then was like loon. they say their name you know yeah loon. Um, but the I didn't rewatch this. But do you know, do you know what other movie came out in 1941, Meg? I don't. Dumbo. Oh my god! Another movie I'll never watch again. Yeah. Probably not until whatever hormones are kicking around yeah. still still go. Absolutely not. Yeah, I just send Megan. Say- I just send Megan voice memos every once in a while, and it's just baby mine, <laughs> just to see the reaction I get out of her. Did you see that? Uh, was it Rolling? It was Rolling Stone that listed like the ten best. Like it's a stupid list. Disney movies. They put Bambi as number one, which is like fine. But they like come on, Bambi. It's not number one. No one thinks that's number one. No one thinks that. Like if one. you want to be like uh, about uh, like do you do like Pinocchio? If you want to talk about like yeah. the artist artistic, yeah, like yeah. or whatever. Come on, yeah. get out of here with your Bambi. Give me a shit. break. Another movie. No. Um, Meg. Greg. Do you have a favorite movie of 2023? Um, I don't know. What did I say last time? Have we talked to, since Again, I watched Killers of the Flower Moon? Again, it's literally been like five months, so. Okay. Uh, I, it's not Killers of the Flower Moon. Right. I'll tell you that much. You thought that was just mid. I thought that was mid. Um, I don't know. I got to watch a bunch of shit. I really, I've, so far I've really liked Air. <laughs> to be honest with you, mm-hmm. I liked uh, I liked Barbie. I'm going to see Society of the Snow, I think, tonight or something. I haven't seen star. that. I'm really excited about that uh, and really excited about American Fiction, which we also have a screener for. Yeah. I'm ready for that. Um, but why don't you tell me what I should be looking out for? Um, I mean, I... Is it still Maestro for you? My number one is Maestro, which I don't think I've said on the pod because I've said... I've told you that, but yeah, Maestro is yeah. my favorite. There's only a couple things that I really think good that I haven't seen yet that I feel like I haven't seen the iron claw. I haven't seen poor things. And those feel like the two that could make a run at it because I was a wrestling fan growing up. So I'm familiar <laughs> with the Von Eric family story. I like Sean Durkin's movies and I love Yorgos Lanthimos. So I'm really excited for poor things. I love Yorgos Lanthimos, but I have to tell you, I think this movie's going to upset me. It looks upsetting. Mm-hmm. It looks gross to me in a way that's like, I can't describe it. Like something about the trailer puts me off, even though I think it's been one of those things where I'm like, wow, this is really good and really well done. And yeah. I'm upset by it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, Maestro, I was lucky enough to see at the Philadelphia film festival and I was just like blown away by it. Like, I think I have now seen outside of Andrew Scott, I haven't seen all of *A Stranger yet. I've seen every performance that's kind of been tapped as a possible Best Actor nominee. And I think 
Bradley Cooper is like so above and beyond. And I, and that is not like Jeffrey Wright is great. Paul Giamatti is great. Um, you know, all these actors are fantastic, but it's a really good year. Killian Murphy was great in Oppenheimer, but I don't think it's comparable. Like what he's doing, I, it was unreal. And Carrie Mulligan is equally as good. She's not going to win because best actress is even a more competitive race. It seems this yeah. year. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. It comes out on Netflix in a couple of weeks, so I'm excited for you okay. to see it. I I'm excited. Was... I'm excited to watch it because of you. Because I don't. I haven't heard not negative things. I just right. haven't heard it, other people talking about yeah. it. To be honest. Um, Did you watch May December yet? I liked May December. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. That's another one this week. I think. I think you'll like that. Yeah. There's a lot, American Fiction's good. The holdovers are good. Oppenheimer. I really liked Anatomy of a Fall. That's up there for me. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to Past Lives, which I think I mentioned have mentioned How to Blow Up a Pipeline. I liked Past still Lives. Two I did see pi- Past yeah. Lives. I think Past Lives is great. It just got a little overhyped for me. Sure. Um, I saw Priscilla. Priscilla, I thought was fine. I don't think yeah. I love Sofia Coppola. Me neither. Um, I'll tell you what. But, I'll tell you. I have to speak my truth. I saw The Boy and the Heron. And I don't think well, I... Maddie's going tomorrow. I don't love Miyazaki. Oh, no. Is this the only Miyazaki you haven't liked, though? I, no, I appreciate them. I haven't seen... That's, like, one of my bigger blind spots, but I've seen Princess Mononoke. I've seen Ponyo. Like, I like and appreciate his films, but what I... What about my, what about Totoro? My name I is haven't Totoro. seen Totoro. I haven't seen Spirit Away. Oh, There's I a lot I haven't Totoro. seen of his. Totoro and Spirit Away are way better than either. I'd say I don't like, I love Miyazaki. I don't like Princess Mononoke. Yeah. Actually, I haven't seen Ponyo, but I love um, Howl, <coughs> Howl's Moving Castle, so good, and um, Spirited Away. Yeah. And, I think the, bo- and I think the, the Boy and the Heron and is definitely like the critical favorite of the year that I have not gotten. Like, it just, I really like. It's mostly also I'm not like a big fantasy person, honestly. So like the stuff that's more like grounded, uh, that it happens in a lot of the beginning of the film, I actually really loved. And then the more fantastical it gets the, and you know, just like all this stuff, it's very dense. Like it probably takes multiple watches to really get it. And it's just not something that I don't, I know if I'm going to want to revisit to fully understand that. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. But yeah, maestro for me so far. Okay, and what did I say? You said air? (laughs) (laughs) That can't be right. That can't be right. What about it's like air? Maybe it's air. I don't know. It's a magic magic Mike's last dance. (laughs) (laughs) That was also 80 for Brady? Great. I will say like I just yeah, I, I I the it's hard because I'm like, I really want to like something when I watch it now. Yeah. Like, and I spent three hours in Killers of the Flower Moon and was like, meh. So, right. I've been burned. Yeah. And then I spent two hours in Priscilla and was like, meh. Yeah. I thought, I think I said this to you before you saw it that I thought it was a really good vibe, but I wasn't really sure it was a great, it was much of a movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't, like, an, I, mean, I was it, like, I thought that Crimson and Clover drop was great. Yeah was awesome yeah a lot of the looks were like the look and the feel of it is really cool and i'm interested like the story of the two of them is fucked up yeah but you know yeah anything you want to plug meg 
No, I had been don't seen, get norovirus. Yeah, don't get norovirus. I've been seeing your commercial a lot, and now I've not been seeing it as much. So I feel like you're poor again. I'm poor again, guys. Yeah. I'm back to being, back to being poor, poor and sick. No, yeah. I'm on the mend. I'm on the mend. Don't get norovirus. Um, do whatever you can to not do it. It's not worth the weight loss. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So well, I look great. <laughs> Well, we will great. be back then uh, probably sometime, you know, um, right before the new year, right after the new year, we'll do a little uh, top 10 of the year. Maybe just us, maybe with a guest. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But we thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon. <laughs>